This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Kahn, and these are the stories of the people who take care of you. Today's guest is Maddie Matheson. Maddie joins me from Fort Erie, Ontario, to discuss the restaurant he thought he'd be opening and the one that he has now actually opened, Maddie Matheson's Meat and Three. As with all things Maddie, this too is a love story. We're back tomorrow with an all new guest. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Stay tuned now for Maddie. Hello, Maddie. Hi, Howie. <laughs> I like your sing song. I- I'm glad to have the opportunity to talk to you. You have set up your first ever Fort Erie, Ontario restaurant, uh, takeaway, barbecue situation. You didn't have to. Uh, why? I didn't have. Well, I don't know if I didn't have to. I, I-, I think that. Um, you know, I'm certainly not a millionaire, so I, I, I think I had to start bringing in some income. So I think I took the, the what, you know, my glass is kind of always a half full kind of glass. And, and you know, I was like, I need to kind of do something. I have, I have, you know, all my restaurants in Toronto. Well, the pizzerias are doing well because uh, we're doing the pickup and the delivery still. Uh, but, but, but the other, the restaurant I'm building was completely stopped, obviously from construction and, and, uh, that's bleeding like everyone. And, and so, you know, I, I'm, I had some open, some closed, some stopped. And now, um, I, the thing about the restaurant that I'm, I've opened <laughs> is that it never would have opened unless this happened because me and my partner, Brad and Bob, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about this for two years and, and then all of a sudden I'm busy, they're busy. And, and how are you supposed to make something happen? You know, you ne- it takes a lot of work to do anything. And, um, I think the greatest thing was time. Time was on our side to sit down. Like this was a week and a half ago. I made a phone call and within that week and a half, we've done what we've done. And they happen to have a, um, a showroom, their, their distribution company for barbecue equipment. And they have a showroom that happens to be in Fort Erie. And, um, and I like making barbecue. And, and, and then it was just kind of like, I, and we thought about it. And we're like, we're going to have to really take it serious. And we're going to have to be safe. And we're going to have to figure out a lot of stuff very quickly to make it safe and not anxiety filled and make it comfortable for the people working, make it comfortable for the people um, uh, grabbing it to go. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I want to backtrack a little. No, I like your, I like your blabbing. Um, I I think, I think because you've become such a personality and you have the YouTube show and you tour and and you have your books, um, and you're, you're a vibe, you know, um, I think people forget you have restaurants. So can you just kind of list your Toronto restaurants and tell people what you've got? Oh, uh, well I have two, two maker pizzas yep. right now that are open. And, uh, they're two, uh, yeah, two pizzerias called maker pizza. Uh, one, one in downtown Toronto, kind of just beside Chinatown. 
and um and kind of this weird like industrial street called cameron and then and then we got one uptown which is really really nice obviously it's like uptown it's right in it's in a parking lot next to a very high-end uh, grocery store so the parking lot's just full of range rovers and g-wagons and um all that stuff so it's like we we kind of got the downtown vibe and then the uptown vibe with the two pizzerias and um and and you know and then i have a kind of my next restaurant I'm, I'm building a restaurant right now that i haven't publicly really spoken about and haven't really because the thing about my life is i'm so public I, I yeah. put everything up it is is i don't i don't give a shit i don't give a fuck what people think it's it's um you know i just share you know like it's a very unfiltered kind of with my content and everything i do it's just this is me and and um and but i wanted to take the restaurant that i'm building right now in a kind of different stroke and, and kind of keep it close to the chest because there's nothing worse than announcing a restaurant three years out and just like you have waves of like stupid nonsense pr about like oh what's happening and it's just <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous like when people ask me about it in like in i guess pr situations the only thing i'm saying is it's going to be very expensive and and that's only because this is my first this is my first restaurant and so i want I, like this is my true first restaurant i own majority it's mine it's like my vision through and through and and i just i i, I don't want to compromise on ingredients and and that's what that's i'm like it's going to be expensive because i'm not going to compromise this is this is doing it right and um and I'm really excited for that. And even among what's happening, I think that there's going to be, it's a, you know, like it's obviously scary because nobody knows what the new rules are with social distancing and all of this craziness, yeah. all of this like uh, wild, 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 wild world we're living in right now. Yeah. But I know that one thing people are going to want the truth and, and that truth of food is going to be a little more expensive and i'm i'm putting my bet on the farmers i'm putting my bet on the fisher folk i'm putting my bet on the ranchers because i've never had the opportunity to do that because i've always had to talk about a bottom line to a bunch of guys and and that's not the case anymore because i'm the guy and and in the business plan this is was it from the day one and everyone's on board and i'm i'm gonna push the limits and and see what we can do you know and i've never had that opportunity so uh, besides eating and six feet away from one another, we'll figure that out. But um, I still want to kind of keep my mindset that this is kind of still happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember we talked about it a little bit last summer. You shared a, a picture with me. I asked you to send me a picture of the design, and you sent me the the bathroom, of course, which featured like a magnificent toilet with a like really towering cathedral type ceiling. Really, be most most beautiful restaurant toilet I've I've ever. I've ever seen, but I was really excited for you because you were talking about, you know, how much it means to you to show, you know, the chefs of the world and the eaters of the world that you can really cook and you're not just like some internet dude with, with tattoos yeah. who, who, you know, <laughs> instructs <laughs> like, you know, something, right? Yeah. And I think it's just like, I, I, I in my brain, it's like, I was, a, I had a full career of a chef, you know, I had a full career as a chef. Not a full one, but I would say, you know, I've, I've opened up like six restaurants by the time I was 29. 
you know? And it's, that's a lot by the time you're 29. And it was, it was on the cusp of social media. I'm in Canada. Do a lot of Americans know I had restaurants? Nah, not really. And, and, and nor should they. I don't, and I don't really care if people know if I have restaurants or not. Um, but, but I think this is like an opportunity for me to, to add to the tapestry of our global kind of voice. And this is like me being like, I do want to play. I don't want to just go and eat at all my friends' restaurants and be like, oh yeah, I make fucking videos for brands on, on the internet and, and make hella money and, and, and don't really, I, you know, like it's kind of a sellout, you know, like it's kind of not a sellout, but it's just kind of like, a, it's naive to think that you're going to have long lasting careers on, 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 on kind of fast cash and not have real foundations. And so I just think that this having pizzerias, having this meat and three, once it's just kind of like having the portfolio full, you know, you know, I, I, I got, you know, two books. I got my second book coming out. I got internet going great, you know, making lots of content. Now I need to kind of like jump back in and pull my pants back up and, 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 and keep my shirt on and make some really good restaurants again. I think that's exciting. How delayed are you? I know you were supposed to open notionally like, <laughs> like now, you know, I think now was the plan, May, June. It was, it, we were opening day was June one and, um, and we were on schedule. And now when I would say when the lights come back on, whatever that means, when the lights come back on in Canada and we can start construction in a safe way, uh, because even at the end we were only having like one trade in at a time, right? Like there was only one trade in at a time. So if, 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 if the mill work was going in, mill work was going in. If we, then all of a sudden there was like, you know, even if we as, as, as partners had to go, we had to give 24 hours notice and then we had to have a time. And then, you know, like right before all the, everything got shut down, you know, we, we were on like, it was about two weeks where it was kind of like, we had to have a schedule. If we wanted to go on site, we had to do it within a 24 hour. It was like being the landlord or something. You know, you got to give 24 hour notice. I'm going to be there at one o'clock, do a walkthrough. And, and we were 40 days out on our construction scope. And, and then, and then I would say from there, from being done construction to opening, I was going to give us like, you know, 45 days to kind of wrap our hands because, you know, to get the food where we were excited, get the service where we were, you know, kind of fluid and, and, and knowing what the hell we were doing in this kind of new, um, you know, the way that I think that service should be the way that I, and, and the way that I think service should be is the way that the restaurant should make its own service and creativity and with the people that we have involved. Cause I think like, that's a lot. That was the thing that I was like really looking forward to is working with our GML and, and working with our chef Colson and working, you know, figuring out how our style of service was, you know, and figuring out how we want to make people happy and make people feel comfortable. And I was looking so forward to that. And we're kind of doing like bi-monthly because everything, nobody even knows and nobody wants to spend energy right now because everyone's spending all their energy just trying to stay cool. And so we're doing kind of like two, every two week, just check-ins, talking about it, kind of just rapping about stuff, keeping, keeping the blood flowing. And um, yeah, so I would say we're like, from when the lights come back on, we're probably three months out. Wow. Is, uh, does COVID-19 change the way 
you're going to think about this restaurant, build this place? I mean, obviously there's going to be spatial restrictions, but in terms of what you think people need on the, on the tail end of this, and that could be customers and it also could be who's working for you. Absolutely. Um, it, it, it can dictate a lot, you know, like, are we going to go from a 10 man kitchen crew to a six man kitchen crew? And then we're going to have to, that's going to dictate the menu. Uh, it still won't really dictate the quality, but it's going to dictate ours. It's going to, you know, it was so funny. Like we were on such a great trajectory of, of, of being like, we're going to start working like, you know, four days on three days off. Everyone's like, Hey, everything's like, the system's completely broken. Let's fix it. And now it's like, now the system's completely broken. And what is it at all? And what's it going to be? And I think it's just going to be a matter of like, what are going to be some of these new rules and regulations? Who knows that? And then what people are actually comfortable with? And then who's going to want to work in this industry now, even? Like, I'm sure it's going to be pushing a lot of people away because there's going to be, obviously, we've all just learned there's not a lot of security. You know, there's not a lot of security in this industry, obviously, because the margins are so low and obviously the governments don't give a rat's ass about it. So it, it, there is going to be a lot of, um, you know, it's going to fall on the owners um, and the partners and us kind of figuring out what that new financial system is and what we're, you know, there's so many things like we have to like Humpty Dumpty fell over. And we're going to have to put them back together. Like, you know, we're going to have to put it all back together. And, and um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think it's going to take a very big consensus and a lot of really great people come together and, and, and figuring this out and seeing what works and what doesn't. And it's going to be just op- reopening is going to be just as fluid as, as like, right, like, it's just, it is like, what is it all? And, and, and reopening is going to be like, what is it all? And even like with us starting this restaurant, like or whatever you want to call it, pop up or what have you. The barbecue. The barbecue. It's like we had to, it took us like about like three days of talking for a long, a lot of hours on like how, like we set up like for our to-go system, we did like a thousand orders over two days. So 500 orders from 12 to seven. And we had 10 packages available every 10 minutes. So mm. if three people ordered, you know, three, three dishes and one person ordered four, whatever, then that'd be three people at 1250 would show up and pick up. And we were making 10 packages and it took us, uh, uh, like five and a half minutes to make 10 full packages. And so then we had five minutes of like leeway of organizing, making sure everyone had, like we had a full barricade. Then they walked inside the barricade and then there was, uh, six foot stalls spray painted, you know, and then I would walk out with a, a cart and then I would put the cart on a table with 10 spots on the cart. And then I would call their number and then they would walk over and contactless take theirs and then walk out the other side of the barricade. And I was like, it looked like something out of like, like uh, world war two. Like it was like, you know, like it was, it was a crazy kind of, I was just like, like it, it, it's so, but at the exact same time of having the barricades and the gloves and the masks, the amount of, of happiness I saw and the amount of like, oh, thank yous, like genuine thank yous is, is what exactly I like, you know, I was just like, this is it. This is the win. And this is what it looks like. 
And, and with all the barricades and all the gloves, we're still making people happy by making them food. And it was amazing. Like my, one of my sister's good friends, she works at ER at the local hospital. And it was so funny. I was just like, how many staff you guys got? Like, like whoever, anyone that works in the hospital, like let us know. And then our small town, there's eight people <laughs> that work at ER. <laughs> and then we gave them, we gave them like, um, we gave them some extra packaging. And they're like, this is going to feed all the staff. This is going to feed the janitors. This is going to feed everyone. It was like 12 packages because our hospital is so small. But it was just like so sweet that they're still there dealing with this and, and, and feeding those 12 people barbecue. And it was really sweet. And then it was amazing just even seeing, like, as a person who doesn't necessarily love the police, having police come and check on it in such a positive thing. Like, I've always been on the other side of, like, getting in trouble. And so it was really interesting seeing, like, local police being, like, driving by. And whenever they pull up, I kind of, like, I still get, like, I don't like it. And, and, and they pull up, and they roll down their window, and I'm always like, what's up? Like, I'm always, you know, like, I'm still just like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, I'm always questioning them, kind of. And, and they're like, got my order in for tomorrow, man. And, like, they, they, like, I had three police officers literally, like, take selfies with me from, like, you know, distance. And, like, it's so, it's just weird, you know? But it's still, like, they're, like, like living in a small town is so funny. Like, the town calls us, and they're like, what, how can we get involved? We love you all this kind of support is a very funny, weird thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Opening a restaurant during the pandemic, is it the smartest thing? I don't know. But we're taking all the precautions that we can, you know, besides staying home. Like we're employing 15 people now, you know? And it's just like, that kind of stuff makes me stoked. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like is, is the government going to say, go back to work in two weeks? And what's the difference? I don't know. You know, I'm just trying to feed people. You know, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's a wild, wild world. This is probably the longest you've been home for a, a concentrated straight period of time in years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the longest time I've been home. Hi, Trish. Ever. Howie says hi. Wave to Howie. Come wave to Howie, Trish. My earbuds are interesting, so she can't hear you. Hi. <laughs> Howie is my buddy from New York. He's a massive podcaster. Massive just human we're both in our bedrooms yeah he has wallpaper though i don't have wallpaper he looks like he's in his grandmother's bedroom or something i'm in my wife's childhood bedroom i'm at my <laughs> my in-laws house right now see this is where real journalism happens journalism happens in, in your wife's childhood bedroom it's true and yeah so what was i saying i don't fucking know we were just talking about being home you're not oh being I home mean, you're on the road oh my god I've never, uh, last year I was home. I think you told less, me you were home like 60 days or something. Yeah. It was less than a hundred. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was by the end of the year it was less than a hundred and, um, and it was wild. I don't think I've ever done that. Last year was heavy and, and the silver lining in all of this is, you know, I'm very happy we made the decision to buy a farm back in our hometown. And, and I'm very happy that we can walk in the woods and I'm very happy we don't have any neighbors and I'm very happy that uh, my children can run outside the door and I don't have to follow them, you know, yeah. I can just go outside and run around and, 
it's nice, you know, it's, it, it's um, nice to be home and, and, you know, to be this, um, you know, cause Rizzo, I wasn't home for almost a full year for the first year of Rizzo. And, 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 you know, it, it's tough, man. Cause it's just like, but at the same time, it's like, do you see, like, if I was at, just in the city cooking, you wake up, you go to work, you know, you spend a, maybe an hour in the morning, they go to daycare or go to school, you see them in the morning and you come home at one in the morning. This is like, you know, like, it's really like one of those things where it's just like, at least last year when I would travel, I was home. When I was home, I was home. And so I'd be home for like three days, four days, five days. Um, never longer than like five days, but it was definitely like, it was so sweet to come home, be with the kids. And now, um, being with the kids is just, it's amazing. Like, it's just like seeing MacArthur grow so much, seeing Rizzo grow so much. And now that we got like, we got another one coming. I was just going to ask you, what's it like to get that kind of good news during a pandemic? What, what is it like to get news of, of new life and, and new love during a time that's kind of dark? It's beautiful. It, it's it, it's the same like it's like one of those things it's just it's the same feeling like everything disappears and and you know everything disappears and you're just filled with joy and love and happiness and 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 everything kind of just fades away your stresses um you know because it's like i'm not i'm never like stressing because i'm like i'm always like man we'll be cool like, I'm always like, whatever, man, I'm resilient. My parents are very resilient. I'm very happy that I have their DNA that, like, you know, my parents are workers. And my parents are like, we always had food on the table, and they're, they're workers, man. And, and I think, like, that is something that I'm never kind of worried about stuff. Like, th- like, I'm never, I don't know. Like, I'm like, if I had five kids, it'd be, like, five kids. It's just, like, I think we're too old to have, like, two more after this one. But it's how, just, how like. How old are you? You're not that old. I'm 38. Okay. I'm kind of old. I'm kind of old. Okay. Okay. I'm not young. I'm not, I'm not 34. You're not 34. 38. 38 is not 34. I'm not 34 anymore. 38 is not 34. No. And it's just like, and I, I know that when, when this all kind of kicks back open and the lights come back on, it's going to be like, I don't know if I'm going to be traveling as much. Cause even like I had, I had an entire, for my second book, I literally had a, I think 75 date world tour booked. That's insane. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, cause that's what I like doing. Uh, you know, like I'm like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to perform and talk to people and like do an hour of like a new spoken word thing that I was working on. And, 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 and then, and, 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 and the biggest thing too is I love hugging it. Like I like doing meet and greets. I like seeing people. I like taking photos. Like, you know, if I can take a couple hours and take photos with a couple hundred people, like, guess what? That's nice. And that's it. Yeah. That's nice for those people. And it's nice for me to just have that kind of moment with those people. And that kind of shit's gone. You know, like, where I, if I do a book thing and, like, 500 people show up and I hug every single one and take a photo and they tell me, you know, you made my husband cook cookies for me or you made my... You know, like all these things that I hear and it's just like, like that's gone. It's for right now. And that's the thing that kind of like, it does suck. Like, like we're, we're meant to be hugged. We're meant to love. We are at the exact same time that our brains are telling us to die and we're horrible and we're, 
you know, the imposter syndrome is constant. But at the exact same time, that yin to yang is like, I want to be loved. I want to hug. I want to kiss. I want to, I want to see people. You know, I want to hold hands. I want to high five. I want to shake up. When's the last time you shook someone's fucking hand? It's so <laughs> fucking weird. I've read stories that shaking hands is over. Yeah. And even in a small town, like just like I'm living in a small town where guess what? A lot of people think it's a fucking whole hip job. Like, you know, just like hoo hoo. You, you look like a kook walking in the store with gloves. And cause I always have like, I do two pairs of gloves so then I can like take one off when I'm done doing whatever I'm doing. So whenever I leave the house, I got the mask, I got the gloves. There we go. Where's my mask? My mask was downstairs by the door. But now it's so funny. Like I got my mask hanging in my rear view mirror. Like that's a new, you know, like it's the one of those things that like you got your equipment when you leave the house and it's like, you got to have a rig now and um, shaking hands and in small towns, Work like you know, small town. If you don't shake somebody's hand, you got a problem with that person. You know, like, yeah. there's still people that are like putting their hand down. They're like, shake my hand, and you're like, this isn't like the 1950s Alabama, buddy. Like you know, like, this is like we're okay, man. Like we're good. I see you eye to eye. Like it's a lot of like it's gonna have to be a lot of contact and a lot of like what's up, you know, acknowledgement. I see you, and it's just like a funny thing, like seeing the different ages of how people are dealing with it. And like, cause my parents are fully in, like my dad showed up, he came to the barbecue. He's got full mask, full gloves. And like that, he took his hat and put like a, like a, a vinyl screen, like a thing over his hat. So then he's got his thing. And like, cause he's like, what, 62. So it's just like, it's so like he's just like he's sending emails about. He made a helmet. Updates. He made it. He made like a helmet. Yeah, for my himself? dad's like a helmet guy. Oh, cool. Yeah, my dad's like yeah. <laughs> he, I got It's funny. He, I think he did it more of a joke. Just he's like one of those kind of guys too. But it's just like he's take like people are taking it very serious, and then people aren't. Even with the pickup, I was very amazed at the amount of people that showed up not gloved and not masked. And I even said on my last post, I was just like, hey, personally, if I'm doing this. I, I, it'd be a nice reciprocal just like we're, we're doing this and like if and, and and it's another thing like what if a bunch of people show up and like the town drives by and they're like no one's wearing masks and gloves even at six feet apart you can't have 20 people lined up six feet apart with no masks and gloves because it's still not like mandatory down here right so it is like like if you have to go into a store but if if, if, if say like you're coming down to the barbecue I was just like, hey, man, like, we're going to make it like, if you don't have masks and gloves, you can't even walk up. I think you should tie dye some masks and just brand out some masks. I think you got to make the masks uh, swaggy. I know. We got to make some ma- uh, meat and three masks. Yeah, but I think the, so. Um, I'm surprised you don't have we, that already. You're so good with brand. We have it. We already, we do have it. It's, okay, good. Uh, we're going to have a full merch. We got a, oh my goodness. We have a full merch, a, um, there you up. go. Have, yeah, yeah. There you go. We, got, we had it last week ready. We were just like, let's just serve <laughs> the food. And it's like it's like rock and roll. You're gonna have to like control yourself. You know, it's it's gonna only get bigger and bigger. So this weekend's the Mother's Day celebration. I think you're already sold out. Um, next weekend, are you gonna go again? We're gonna keep. Yeah, it, it, it's um, we're gonna keep serving food until people don't want food no more. I no. think people are always gonna want food, and it's like it, it's um. You know, I'm really excited for Mother's Day. We're going to have, we, we teamed up this local florist. So she, she's going to have on the other side of the parking lot, we're going to have a whole section 
and like uh, all the spaces spray painted and everything. So you can grab some floral stuff uh, for all the moms out there or single dads out there. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, it'll be cool. What can we, uh, I'm, I'm going to run this on, on Monday. So it'll be right after what, right after mother's day. What can we, uh, offer listeners of the podcast to come to your pop-up in your town, a free air hug. Oh my goodness. There's so many free air hugs, so many free air hugs. There's so many people that it's so funny. Cause it's like, it's kind of like, it's not really a vibe, even outside. We're like, do we put music on? And we're like, no, because we can't have anybody even linger, right? And so, like, even we had a few people even try to put down tables and chairs. We're like, no, go, like, you got to take this and go. There's no loitering. There's no, like, this ain't a football game, you know? Like, you guys got to take this and leave. And, um, but I think <laughs> if anybody, you know, like, I'm just trying to, like, give smiles. Sometimes I take my mask down to get a good photo. But it's still tough. Like, it's just like, I don't want to, you know, I'm really trying to do the thing where it's like, I'm acting like I got it, you know, in this situation. And, it, and it's just like, I don't want to put anybody in a situation where they feel uncomfortable. And, you know, like, I just, I just, I just want everyone to be safe and to eat yummy food. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's that simple. And there's nothing I wanted to do more than like, literally serve this type of food in my like border, like my small border town. Like, you know, like it, it is one of those things that like, I can't wait for the borders to open up so all the Americans can come. Like the amount of people from Rochester or Erie or Buffalo or, you know, even people from Syracuse are hitting me up. Like it's like the radius. Like we had somebody drive over five hours one yeah, way. We've, we've got family in Rochester. I was thinking I'd send them right towards you as soon as, as, soon as those yeah. borders open up. We'll be doing a garbage plate week six, you know? What, what's a garbage plate? <laughs> garbage plate oh rochester google it it's the greatest thing you've ever seen i don't know what it is tell me what it is it's the it's, it's the highest cuisine it's like just like matzo sticks baked into tacos baked into it says like it's a mess it's wild but a garbage plate is like a thing that's just based out of like rochester that you eat when you're get out of a bar and there's like it's literally called a garbage plate that's and amazing it's just like google it it's like i've had i've only had it once but it's just like it's everything that has been frozen and deep right? and it's just like all together in one thing that's fantastic i mean as somebody from detroit I'm, I'm very firmly connected to the idea that everything that happens around lake erie is serious magic man lake effect man like i think it's just like it's a special unit it's like it, it it's like it's a very like everything it's like it's just such a working class lake you know, yeah. it's just like it, it, the whole thing around like Erie, Buffalo, Fort Erie, Windsor, Detroit, like it's all very working class. And it, it, it's, it's, you know, just like good old people. <laughs> Maddie, our show's called Takeaway Only. What's your big pandemic takeaway? My big pandemic takeaway is... I don't know. Give a give a little bit of love, you know. Give a little distant love, and 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 just keep rippling. Just like try, like you know, it, it, it's 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 really about checking in on people. The amount of people that are checking in on me, and the amount of people that are check that I'm checking in on, and it's like reach out to that buddy that you really haven't talked to in a while, or maybe you got you know you had a little bit of a beef. Squash the beef, you know. 
squash the mental beef with somebody, you know, like, like make an amends maybe, you know, I think, uh, you know, try to, try to take this and like build the friendship, a long distance friendship that kind of tethered off, you know, reconnect, reconnect with a human, reconnect with a human. I'm into it. Um, I'll be I'll be excited to reconnect with you over some food when this is all over. Maybe it's oh a garbage God. plate. Maybe it's some barbecue. Maybe it's the new restaurant in Toronto whose name I believe is a very closely guarded secret. But I'm just going to think of it as the truth. The truth by Maddie <laughs> Matheson. I appreciate. It. I just want to go to Frenchette. Really, I just want to go to New York. Let's go to Frenchette. I'm down. I'm down. Let's go. All right, Maddie, you got barbecue to do. All right, buddy. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you too. Bye. Take care. That was Maddie Matheson. You can follow him on Instagram at Maddie Matheson and check out his meet and three at www.maddiematheson'smeetand3.com. Thank you so much for listening. Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Kahn, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Kahn, for Freetime Media. Our logo is by Reynald Philippe at Beepoles, music by John Palmer, special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardou, Raphael Weil, and to the whole team at Welcome. Check out their important community-building work at welcomeconference.org. We're back tomorrow. This is Takeaway Only. Takeaway Only.